I'll be honest with you now in the saying that when we're not, when I'm not talking like this, I struggle on the outside. It's like um, when I'm out there spraying my paddock with with all the, with the alcohol and the, and the Valiums, that's when my land is hurting. But when I'm letting the, the the bad days come and the weeds roll in, mate, that's when I'm like, this is life. That's natural. Like this happens. That was Tommy Herschel, and you're listening to the Regenerative Journey. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and internationally and their continuing connection to country, culture, community, land, sea and sky. And we pay our respects to Elders past, present and future. G'day, I'm your host Charlie Arnott and in this podcast series I'll be uncovering the world of regenerative agriculture, its people, practices and principles and empowering you to apply their learnings and experience to your business and life. I'm an eighth generational Australian farmer who transitioned my family farm from industrial methods to holistic regenerative practices. Join me as I dive deep into the regenerative journeys of other farmers, chefs, health practitioners and anyone else who's up for a yarn and find out why and how they transition to a more regenerative way of life. Welcome to The Regenerative Journey with Charlie Arnott. Well, here we are, we're back with um, part two, Tommy Herschel. And also, we're really excited to announce that we are setting up a Patreon um, account or platform. Then and that basically means that you, as listeners of The Regenerative Journey, can help support the, um, uh, the creation, the, the continued um, uh, rolling out of Series 3, um, basically for the, for the cost of a couple of coffees a month. Um, you will, um, in, in return, uh, knowing that you'll be supporting Series 3, uh, also um, getting access to exclusive content such as uh, a monthly webinar with some of our interviewees or people you may nominate. Um, that's in the very least. We're probably going to throw a few other little bonuses in there as well for you, but hopefully you'll see that um, or, or um, you'll be attracted to the, the carrot we're dangling of uh, a webinar with people like Charlie Massey, David Marsh, Damon Gamo, to listen and get exclusive access to them, Q&A, once a month on a webinar just for our Patreon members. So very excited about that. Um, in this second part of, of our interview, um, Tommy really goes pretty deep into his own, um, I guess, how he's dealing with his own uh, past and own experiences, um, how that's enabled him to really understand and and connect with boys and men in the workshops that he's, that he's running. Can't tell you again how much I appreciate that Tommy shared what he did with us. And he also shares with us his, um, his form guide for a fella. I think it's fantastic. There's sort of little tips and tricks that he's put together for anyone just to sort of stop and stop, check and correct, I guess is the easiest way to put it, but some, some really good little um, tips along the way. Um, again, life-saving stuff from Tommy Herschel. Lovely interview, lovely fella. Hope you enjoy this uh, second half of uh, our interview with Tommy Herschel. And then, mate, we go through, you know, like we do this activity where they get to get up and tell their story. Um, so that that was a, a situation I was talking about then, like a, a men's workshop I was talking about. I had a workshop last week on the Gold Coast where it was unbelievable. You yeah. say men, men's as in the, the, Yeah, the, as in the older blokes. Older no, blokes. so that was like blokes who were, I mean, we had 30-year-olds right through to 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds in the room. Um, and that, so that age group, you know, that'll be through Narromine, Gilgandra, Warren, Trangy. To Mingley, all that area, you know, they get uh, and the, and what the work we're going to do in Queensland will be all those sort of age groups as well. So these men's nights, um, but then the workshop in the school runs exactly the same way in a sense. Um, but you build the boys up really a lot more at the start, and um, and we just you, it has this opportunity. There's this opportunity for a young fellow to either get in and tell his story or listen to someone else's story, which is something we don't do. Like I said at the start, something I never bothered doing with my dad even though I haven't ever sat down with him and, and given him the opportunity to tell me his story, is I've, I've listened to a bit more of his story through grandma. Um, so I gained that empathy. And one, one thing young blokes don't ever do because of that men's law is sit and listen because we're not meant to do that. No. You know, we're meant to push it aside. <clears throat> so this workshop up there, like it was probably the most mind-blowing thing I've ever seen. This kid out the, out the front of the workshop, there's 100 kids all standing around him making heaps of noise and this kid's got big Coke bottle glasses on. He stands about six foot eight. You know, if we had five knots of breeze, he would have snapped in half. He stood out like you wouldn't believe. Mm. And um, and uh, he was begging the teacher to not let me. I don't want to go in, sir. These boys don't like me. I don't want to go in. And the teacher's mate, please come in. 
he comes in, we're doing all the, the macho bullshit, all the joking and the banner and the noise and the jokes and I'm, you know, dropping the F-bomb here and there and the boys are, oh, they're frothing and loving it and and he can see, like, this men's law being built and, you know, and it gets to the point of, well, what happens if you don't do this? And he's the one that suffers because he doesn't do it. So he's isolated. He's on his own. He's not allowed to talk about emotions. So, he, you know, he deals with it at home on his own. Anyway, um, got to this point where I, I challenge the boys. I go, fellas, I, I want to put it to anyone in the room, like anyone been to a B&S here or an old, we remember in the old days, the dancing days, you'd see the blokes or the, go across the other side of the room and grab a girl and dance. We're going to do that here, right? Instead of dancing, you're going to talk. So um, we're going to have some a moment right now. We might sit here for five minutes until, until a man steps up and does it, but this is your first challenge. Um, and it was incredible. Like It was like the... The Hollywood movie, you know, Zac Efron, the good-looking quarterback, steps up and grabs the girl out of the room. This, the good-looking halfback gets up in front of everyone after about a minute of dead silence and he gets up and he says, I want to chat with that fella. And this fella's obviously got his na- got a name, but I won't say it. And he, um, and he picks out the kid with the coat wheels and this kid just like is gobsmacked. Well, mm. Anyway, they went off. And the minute that first couple goes off, then the rest of the boys pair up and they go around the room and they go off like wildfire. They just talk for hours. They could talk for hours, sorry. I'll give them two minutes just to give them that taste. And then we get them back in the, into the cir- big circle and I'll put it to them and go, boys, what was that like? How did it feel? I'd love to put that same challenge to someone to step up the front here. And this is where we bring in the tools and the skills. And, and they are, fellas, we need to get better at listening. Women are really good at listening. Women do do a lot of talking and a lot of gossip, all that sort of stuff. We've got to get better at listening like they do. Um, and we got... We've got to get better at asking questions with a bit of, you know, a bit of weight to them. So, you know, instead of saying, no, oh, Charlie, where's your farm? And you say, Buru, I say, Charlie, what's it like to be on a regenerative farm? You know, what, what does that mean for you as, as a man? And what was uh, it like for your father? Better, ask better questions. Ask better questions. Um, so anyway, this young fella, mate, he got up in front of the whole group. And um, he looked across the room. He looked around the room. And... Um, and he straight away just looked at uh, the boys and he said, boys, um, in this beautiful, soft voice, he just said, life for me is very hard. Um, it's really tough. I come to school every day. Only four days ago, I got called a faggot. Someone yelled out across the, the room and everyone laughed. Um, that same day, I had a full apple thrown at my head. Um, I get told that it's my fault that I'm here and I should take my own life. Um he said, I want to tell you a story. Two years ago, my father did take his own life. Um, since then, I've attempted two or three times. Um, it's broken my mother's heart. She's an amazing woman. He went into this, this talk around how incredible his mum is as a lady, as a woman, as a mother. And behind me, I had a lady in the room who was just wailing, like she was just letting out all this emotion. And, um, and then he just dropped his head and he slumped. And um, from the back of the room, you just hear this voice, it's like, Mate, I'm so sorry. I never knew that was your story, and that doesn't excuse my behaviour. But I cannot believe how I've treated you. And this kid just started crying. From across the room, another one got up. I'm sorry, mate. I can't believe I've spoke to you the way I have. I can't believe I threw that. I was the one who threw the apple. Boom, boom, boom. A hundred kids all of a sudden just got up, and they lined up. They lined up in a line, and they started hugging him. And this kid's sitting down, and he's taking the, the hugs like this. And I said, mate, stand up. Put your shoulders back because you're the man in the room. Like, you're the biggest, you're the hero, mate. And you hug these blokes. And, mate, they were just in his ear. I'm sorry. And they were all giving him their apologies and talking. And when I sat back down and was just you know, in awe of what this kid had done. And then out of, out of nowhere, this big boy, this big fella just yells out and goes, I want to take this opportunity as well. And he said, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm overweight. I get teased for it. I get told it's my fault. Um, you know, my father, this, this, and this, my mother, this, this, and this. Um, and then boom, circle again. I'm so sorry. I'm, I've been the one who's teased you, mate. And I didn't, I didn't know that this is what I was doing. And I, the reason I've done that is because I feel this way and, and I've been treated like this before. And this huge conversation starts up. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, these boys, they had that moment where I had with Bing, where Bing says, Hey, mate, you know, I'm here for you, buddy. But you need to step up and tell your story. You need to step up and own this stuff. And, you know, those two boys that had that, 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 those issues that day, they, they hadn't done anything to bring on that behaviour um, from, those, from those other fellas. Their biggest mistake in life was that they didn't live to the men's law. Um, 
And that's what had suppressed them for so long. So the minute we smash that, those two men become the heroes. Not the good-looking surfer who gets all the girls. Not the halfback who scores all the tries. They're, they're the heroes that I looked up to when I was at Palm Beach Crumbin. So I chased as many girls as I could because I was never going to be a world champion surfer and I was never going to um, play rugby league or NRL. So I just did everything I could to be this loud bloke. Um, where realistically I wanted to be those two boys that stood up and I wanted to stand up and I wanted to say, hey, I'm really hurting inside, boys. I go home from school um, and I cry a lot on my own. I go home from school and I ring my dad and, and I sit next to a fax machine and I write him letters. Um, when I went and lived with my dad, I used to sit next to the fax machine and write mum letters. But I didn't have the balls to do that and these two boys did do that. Um, so... The, the part of the workshop is, is I talked before about that Coke bottle theory. Um, those boys that day went to that Coke bottle and all their pressure had built up and they just took the lid off just a little bit, just by talking and the pressure comes out. You know, you could see them relax. It's a purge, like both mm. those who have, who are, I guess, um, being, or I guess attacked in a way or they're, they're, they're the, the subject of the torment, you know, they're purging. And then that's, then there's a purge from the other side, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there is, mate. It's um, it's this which mo- is the bottle, which is the coke bottle. Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So the, the 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 whole outcome of the work is is for me and find your feet is to let the boys know that this is completely normal. That having these emotions is normal for the for the halfback to get up and say, mate, I'm so sorry, and to cry in front of everyone else, like, mate, that's incredible. I love that. Like, we're, we're allowed to do this. Um, but the outcome for them is, and the tools is that when that Coke bottle starts to build for them, they know, all right, I've got some triggers going off. I've got some things happening here. I can feel this starting to build. What can I do? I can go and have a conversation with a mate. Um, I can find someone to talk to. Um, it can be as simple as, you know, walking across the yard at school and seeing a bloke and just giving him the old truckies nod, just acknowledging another bloke instead of hiding away and pushing it away. Um, it can be that skill of um, being able to wake up in the morning going, all right, I'm not going that good today. What can I do physically? I go for a run, get straight up, have a big glass of water. Um, but it, the, the number one skill for them to gain out of this workshop is to know that it's okay to not be going good. Mm-hmm. Like I use the analogy that, I mean, I love my, my forward driving and stuff like that. I'm not a massive forward drive head, but I love the analogy of there's some days, mate, when I get in that red truck of mine and, and I got to, and I'm driving along, and, and I'll hit a few potholes or I'll hit a few holes. So I got to get out, and I got to get the winch out, and I got to pull myself out of that hole. And you know what? Some days I'm struggling to pull myself out of that hole, so I got to get a pulley block out, which is going to halve the load again. And I got to pull myself out, and 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 then I'll be coasting again. And then there's days when, mate, I'm driving between Borua and Rugby, which is a beautiful part of the world, and and I'm coasting, head out the window, and and things are going good. Um, and that's completely normal. And young blokes need to understand that the next day. I might blow a tyre. Um, so I've got to get out and I've got to change the tyre. So for me, like today I woke up, we're going up to visit the old man in a few weeks um, and I slipped back into that easy behaviour of playing the victim and I've slipped into anxiety and I slipped into the, oh, you know, you don't know what it's like though, Claire. You don't know what it feels like. And, and just this afternoon I got home here and mowed the lawn, did a few things and, and even now while we're talking about it, so the, one of the other skills is chewing the fat and having a chat with a, with a good mate who you are to me, is, um, is I realise again that, hey, your old man's got a story, your old man's got stuff going on too, so get up there. Maybe don't do the easy thing, which is play the victim. Do the hard and the man thing, which is what these two young boys did in this last workshop and stand up and go, hey, mate, mm. can I... Can I Hate you for it. Let's go and have a beer. I'd love to just talk with you. Just on that, and I guess it's a, it's a similar thing. And I've talked about another podcast, but you know when 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 um, when you're the sort of the subject of someone being you know, mean or angry or harsh, and you're sort of not sure quite how to take that. And we might normally respond in a way which is, you know, uh, counterproductive, but also um, you'd you're just creating friction and you're not, it's just like mm. they're mean. Well, I can be meaner, you know, or I yeah. can, you know, you push back or you, you know, you can, whether it's a natural response or it's fight or flight, whatever. But what I've learned and, and what's been a really, really um, great tool is 
is to stop if you've got that opportunity to stop, of course, and think about what that person, and this is what we're talking about, what that person must be going through or must be must have gone through to be so angry, to be so mean, you know, as, as you know, I say, you know, people are mean when they're scared. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that and that, that anger is, is a consequence of, of a of a hurt and an anxiety, you know, so to stand back and, 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 and go, Wow, imagine being that person, being so angry, being so scared, being so anxious. And then there's 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 the opportunity to be compassionate for that person. Mate, exactly. I, and I, that's something I've been working with with young fellas on is um I have started this thing, it's form guide for a fella. And one of them in in that is um is surrender. So I call it get out of the queue. Um, and, and when I say surrender and get out of the queue, for me, um, you know, say I can think about a mate who I know who can't do this too well. So I got now maybe 10 solid, I got five solid mates and I got 10 good mates. And out of those back half of the five, I know that there's blokes who I probably couldn't sit down and have a full, deep and meaningful for, uh, with. So I surrender that. I just I surrender to that. I go, you know what? I'm not going to expect that from him because yeah. he he's not at that point at the moment. And maybe my old man's like that, you know, at the moment and has been. And maybe he'll never be up to the point of having a yarn. So I got to surrender to that and just put my hands up, get out of the queue. So stop lining up to yeah. do it. Um, and then there are blokes that I can. I know with Bing, I can sit with Bing and go, hey mate, I got a bit of shit going on, and he can say, hey mate, so do I. Or I can say, hey, I can tell you got a bit going on. Mm. And I go, no, I don't. I go, mate next schooner or mate let's go and have a walk or a swim because i reckon you do or we need a road trip him and i do a lot of road tripping and and um you know so there's there's seven or there's yeah there's eight of those steps really but i mean the first one's drop anchor so teaching young blokes meditation but you go into a bush school and say boys we're going to meditate for 60 seconds they're going to go turn it up mate but if i say all right we're going to drop anchor what's that we're just going to stand still 60 seconds you introduce this thing of what comes into your head well, I had this come into my head, then it went. Exactly, boys. That's what thoughts do. They come mm-hmm. and they go. Let's not let them shape our day, but let's grab one of them because the second one is going to be take stock. What's take stock? Well, you know, we go mustering, we get everything, we put it all in the yards, boom, we're going to get everything that's going on, we're going to put it in front of us and we're going to look at it. Next one's going to be um, get out of the queue, right? So you might take in stock, you might write down what it is that you got going on in your head. Um, next one's going to be get out of the queue, just surrender to it for a day if you need to. You know, just move on from it. Um, have a crack at it again tomorrow or don't expect that person you got the issue with to solve it today, but you could, you know, you could have a crack at it and that could be the next step, which I call um, road test it. So what's another way of dealing with that anxiety? Or for me, like today, what, what was another way of dealing with that, the, the fear of going up north to see the old fella? Instead of playing the victim and going, poor old me, I road tested this thing of going, you know what, I could just go up there and have a fat time with the family because Claire loves it. She's from up there um, and the kids love it and take the opportunity to go, hey, let's go and have a round of golf, old fella, and and, and on one or two holes just throw a question. And, mate, what was it like when you yelled when Grandpa said to you about that mm. Vietnam? And just get a bit, you know, not expect too much from him. Um, you know, the third one, uh, one of the next ones, I've forgotten even how far along I am, but one of the ones I love the most, which is kill the pig, and asked Matty Hayden about this one time. I said to him, mate, what did you do on the weekend? He said, oh, the young fella and I put the boat in at Jumping Pin and we killed the pig at South Australia. And I was like, straight away I knew what it meant. It mm. meant that he went there and they fished hard. They had a great day mm. of fishing. They had a fat time. So kill the pig for me and you're going to do it in the morning with me. Is getting up. Some mornings I'll kill the pig by doing 150 push-ups and then I'll just have a swim in the ocean, then a coffee and a chat with a mate. Um, some mornings just have a swim in the ocean. That's kill the pig. Another one that my mate Dingo gave me, which is eat the frog. Eat the frog. Yeah. Yeah. First thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Just put the three things you got to do that day. Yeah. I'm wor- I'm awful with that. Um, got to get lots better at that. So your three things you have to get through, and then mm-hmm. do the hardest first. And the last one, mate, which we've done now. I'm sure we'll do after. Um, and we do most times we talk. Um, you know, Pagey's good at a good mate of ours, Richard. Bing's really good at it, but chew the fat, don't spin the yarn. So mm-hmm. as, as blokes, we can spin yarns easy. And that's why at the start of that workshop, I say to young fellas, and I say to old blokes in the, in the older blokes workshop, what do we talk about? Footy, weekend form. We do that easy, boys. And we can do it all the time, but it's easy. Let's get uncomfortable and let's go a little bit deeper and let's, let's talk about stuff, you know, that means something to us. Because the minute we do it, we own it. Um, you know, that was one of the steps. Own your stuff. Don't be the victim. You own it, 
you realize that there is a way out or there is a bit of a, a maybe not a solution but a, a way to work with it and and i always say to young fellas control it don't let it control you so and even if you can't control it walk beside it and look at it that way just don't let it stop you um what comes up for me there tommy is um is choice yeah we have a choice uh, at every moment of our lives you know um whether it's choosing to pick up that bottle of water and have a swig now or not, or not, or whether it's, you know, choosing to react this way to that person or that way. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, um, uh, as you say, you know, you, you get a choice to step out of the queue. You know, you don't have to keep bashing your head against the wall or against that person. You know, it's almost like a, in some ways there's a, um, did a course years ago called Landmark and, you know, what they talk about there mm. is, is um, you have a racket. You know, there's something in it for you to be doing something that from the outside looks bad behaviour. It's it's just like not productive, you know. So, so sort of going at someone or, or sort of, you know, standing in the queue, waiting in line to, to do what you just want to do, you know, mm. if someone else is going, man, what are you, this is, why don't you just let it go, you know. Yeah. And it's a racket when there's something in it for us, you know, whether it's, you know, it maintains that sense of I'm a victim or, you know, it, it gives me something to, distracted about you know there's lots of reasons why we have these rackets and it's about the choices we have to say you know what i actually don't have to do this. yeah no one's got a gun to me you know and that you, you might be familiar with um you know victor frankel's book um man's search for meaning you'd love it if you haven't mm. read it and uh, you know he he worked out he was a, I think he was a psychotherapist or something and in the second world war in in um you know i got the story right i read it years ago in in um, camps concentration camps and he was fascinated with the human condition and he was the subject of torture and all sorts of nasty, nasty things. And he, through that, he realised that there's one thing that his tormentors will never take away from him, and that's his, his choice, you know, his choice to uh, how he reacts. You know, we have a primitive urge immediately, and then there's a gap, you know, where we have a choice as to what happens then. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's fascinating stuff. And the good news is that, Within us all, we do we we will always retain that choice. It's just whether we want to, you know, man up. What's that expression? Step to the line. What's that step to the line? Is that is this is that the yeah? That I mean, sort of I a, worked with an organisation in Melbourne who they do. I mean, a lot of organisations do that. Reach organisation do it really well. Um, but I I call that toe the line. Toe the line. So I yeah they okay. they they call it step to the <laughs> line. Um, I call it toe the line because there's this uh, you know they say when we toe the line. It's a predefined standard um, of what predefined of what what's expected of us. Yeah, so I say to young it. blokes, you know, like before we did this workshop, the predefined standard in this cohort or this group mm. was to talk about porn, drink hard on the weekend, get the girl, um, do the banter and the gossip, and you know all that sort of crap. Um, and if we, you didn't do that, you if you didn't do that, you're a pussy, yeah. you're a fag, you're yeah. on your own. Um, this is when the guy who doesn't do that he gets to step up and hold hold that and go you know what boys I'm not gonna I'm not gonna accept this I'm not gonna accept that anymore. So at school I was just at recently, a video had gone around of of a girl who'd been assaulted by a bloke and it was awful. Um, made her call out names and all this stuff during it. You know it was full on, and the boys at the start of the workshop were calling that out and they were laughing about it. And so halfway through the workshop when I do this total line I say you know. You know, hold it if, if you find it acceptable that there's a girl walking around this school right now who gets names yelled at her that she yelled out in a video while she was being assaulted. And you, you, you'll get boys in front of their mates, they'll hold the line and go, oh, you know, I don't find it, I don't find it acceptable. You know, like, I'm, and I'm going to call this out today, like, I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, you know, even hold it if you find it. Uh, unacceptable. There's men in this room today who we know are gay men, and they get uh, written off for it. They get mm. banter on it. They get abused for it. You know, like, and then there's an there's opportunities for those men to step up and and own their sexuality. And the minute they do it, like I, I had a school two years ago where I had a young man step up and do it, and and he was running around the room after it, just going, I can't believe it. Like you blokes are cool with it that I'm gay, and like. This big old footballer at the back, buffy old bloke goes, mate, we knew you, buddy, you've been gay forever. <laughs> and he and he goes, but you, you don't care. He goes, I don't care, mate. You're a bloody, you're still the same bloke. But before that, you know, like he was, he had to hide. He was the bloke who didn't get to be him. Um, 
So after this, you know, that, that activity, they get a chance to, to set a new standard. And, and the bloke who leaves the room and writes off that dude for being gay, the rest of them look at him and go, mate, we, we, did, we heard his story about how hard it's been for him to hide in the closet or how hard it's been for him to, you know, tell his mum and dad that he's, we, we heard, how can you be putting shit on him, mate? You're a mug. So there's that new standard, you know, like a rite of passage, you know, yeah. that they move through. Um, and for older blokes, like that might just be talking about anxiety. That might just be in front of a group talking about, you know, um, how hard drought's been and, and, you know, the pressure it's putting on the family. Um, you know, a lot, lot of our listeners, a lot of our listeners, Tommy would, you know, um, male farmers, you know, mm. country folk and so on. Um, what's the, you know, if you've worked with, with, I guess, men in, um, in the urban areas and you know in the in the city areas, what's what what are the, are the different set of men rules in the country versus versus the city? Nah, it's exactly the same. That's the craziest part. It's exactly the same. Um, nothing really changes. You know, they hold themselves really tight to it. Um, and I guess the number one thing that's and you, we talked a lot before about Claire and that relationship of mine and that and that thing that I used to drink heavy with the boys and then come home and cry to her. A lot of blokes will say, mate, I'm good at talking. Like, I'll go to the pub and I'll watch, I'll watch the bloody Raiders get up and I'll drink eight or nine schooners and then I'll go home and I'll chat to the missus till five in the morning. And then the minute they say, oh, I, th- I picture the missus because I, pit- I used to see Claire and the missus is sitting there in the, in the seat going, like, um, yeah, well, that or hearing all of this stuff uh, that the blokes are going the through. The talk is not yeah, yeah, the, the, one way. It's all different from what yeah. it was with the boys. Um, but you know, when I think about people from the land, like, um, gosh, I just, <laughs> the workshops that I run in, uh, you know, Trangy and, and Narromine and places like that, you just see literally them be who they are, I guess, when, when you meet them, which is that hand out straight away. How are you, mate? You know, mm. come in sort of thing. Um, and rarely is there a moment of silence and you're waiting for someone to step up. No, I'll get up and have a chat, mate. No mm. problem. I'll tell you how it is. Um, and they do that, um, and that their honesty is incredibly brutal. And the blokes, one thing you notice, the drinking goes from, you know, I always put on a couple of beer, light beers at an event at the start, and the drinking goes from blokes rushing to the esky because there's that anxiety. Mm. The minute that a bloke talks and shares, it slows down. The esky lids aren't getting lifted up anymore, and blokes start to listen um, blokes start to share. I mean, you know what it's like, mate. Out in the, out in the bush, blokes don't get the opportunity to do it. The fellas in, in on the coast, they're, they're they're around each other every day. They go down the country, uh, the coffee shop, and they can have a cuppa. Um, you know, they got mobile reception all day, so they can mm. send texts. They can do their social media stuff. The champions in the bush are on tractors all day, or they're you know out in the field all day, or they're down the back paddock doing fences all day um so they got a lot of time on their own to you know think in their heads and mate one thing that i'll always make sure i do and i hope i do is is um get across that i'm not like any kind of i'm i'm just an old school teacher from chugan like I, i've done a couple of these courses in in doing this work but i don't ever want to come across like i know what the legends in the bush are up to um or how they're how they're going i mean the three years that i experienced in drought out there um the hardest thing I think for me was the fact that I got to come back here mm. and they had to stay there. Um, and, you know, I got emotion in the voice when I think about that because, you know, I, I, I saw what so many of them were going through. Um, but I got to get in my car and drive back to Avalon. You, you know, could, you could escape. I got to escape it and they, and they didn't. Um, so, yeah, you know, I was just saying about the, you know, I'm, I'm a school teacher trainer. I think the reason this work for me is. I love it so much and it works is because I live it. Mm. Like this morning I was riddled with anxiety. I mean, I haven't had a beer now for five or six days and, and I'm no longer that heavy drinker, but I can notice when I have two beers, you know, the next day I'm, I'm not anxi- anxiety or anything like that, but I've, I've, I'm a bit slower. You know, I don't have that glow um, in saying that. You know, I might have a beer tonight, um, but I, I live still that rats and mice in my head and, um, and I'm not afraid to talk about that. Um, because that's what makes it work, you know. Mate, you're clearly not um, not afraid to um, to share. Um, just looking at the time, this is 
not quite the marathon I, I've had before. No, no, it's, you're it's, right. it's, a second, it's, it's the second longest. We might have split it into two. Yeah, um, yeah. I I just wanted again, given that our you know our listeners, um, or is it you know portion of our listeners that um, uh, male country um, fellas, mm. is there anything or what would you or could you um, any sort of things that you can you know if, if any of those fellas are um, I don't know feeling like they need to reach out. Is yep. there any tips that you can give them apart from you know, and we'll get to that like actually attending one of your one of your one of your men's nights. Mm. Is there anything that the fellas who aren't going to get to one can think about can or do or consider? You know? Yeah, mate. I mean, straight up, do what Bing did for me. I mean, a lot of the blokes, if the older blokes are listening in rugby league fans, like they'll remember Neil Pringle um, played eighty-seven games for the Blue Bags, Newtown. There, he lied about his age when he was fifteen. Um, so he could play first grade. Um, and then he went over to the Tigers and played 144 games, I think it was, at the Tigers. Uh, incredibly strong, uh, you know, tough bloke who will sit down with you and, and, and tell you the mistakes that he's made. Yeah. Um, he'll tell you, you know, about the, his family, you know, his, his first family, his, his wife. And, and kids were living with him on the Gold Coast and they'd had enough of sort of the way that he was as, a, as being as a bloke and, and they – took off back to Sydney, but he'll sit and tell you about all these mistakes and, um, and, and it makes me want to talk. It makes me want to open up the minute he does that. Um, but the other thing that he'll do is he won't bullshit me. He'll, um, he'll sit in front of me and go, hey, mate, um, like I said before, you got something going on, I'm going to listen. So I think it's about um, being able to find that, mate, and, and having that skill as well before I talked about that surrender. Like don't expect – out of your 10 mates, all 10 of them be able to do it. And j- just find one mate and ring him and go, hey, oh, how you going? Um, and the skill is not being able to go, hey, mate, how you going? Because I'm feeling absolutely beaten for pace and this, that, the rest. Go, mate, hey, just put your toe in the water a little bit and go, mate, how you going? Yeah, mate, look, I'm, I'm not too bad. Mm. I'm not too bad. How are you going? Oh, look, I'll be honest. Mm. I had a bit of a tough morning. Mm. Or I'm turning 50 and I'm wondering what's going on. I'm wondering what I've done. And being able to accept that if your mate goes, hey, mate, I'm, I'm on the school run at the moment or I'm, uh, you know, I'm, in, I'm just doing this, can I call you back in an hour? And for you to be able to go, mate, no problem, or for him to go, mate, let's sit down and have a yarn. But finding that one mate that can do it. Um, and then even if you can't find that one mate, taking that opportunity to, to sit down and write a few things down. Um, a good mate of mine, Dingo, says read a book, read a hard book. Um, Go for a walk, go for a run, do those sorts of things. But I always feel that there is, out of those 10 mates, there's going to be one that you can lean on. There's going to be one bloke that you can talk, talk to. But we've just got to make sure we don't have that expectation that all 10 of them are going to be able to do it. Because, you know, you see a bloke stand up and he stands up at, at a workshop and uh, a couple of other blokes might be talking in the group behind him. He's taking a huge risk, which is young blokes, one of their men's laws is, you know, take risk. We go out on the piers like someone says, hey, let's go and do doughies in the car. You do it because you're taking a risk. <laughs> and I turn it around to the boys and say, like, let's turn taking a risk around. Take a risk by stepping up right now and saying, hey, I've got a bit of shit on the liver. Or, you know, I use that term. And the halfback did it with the young champ at, at the school I was talking about. He stood up and he said, I want to talk to him. Uh, he took a risk and he broke a rule. Um, so do that. And the other one is, you know, the boys use that rule, don't dog the boys or Friday for the boys. And, and older blokes still do it. And they say dogging the boys is talking about, you know, you don't talk about to another bloke about your problems because you're burdening him. Well, understand that the minute you do do that, you unburden him, you, you unlock him. Um, yeah. And, mate, so, I mean, again, for me to be able to say to a bloke who's, Right now, calling, listening in in Ningen or or Cobar or Wilcannia or you know beautiful West Wyalong or anywhere you know Griffith. Jeez, I love all that country out mm-hmm. there. Jugiong. For me to be in in Avalon and say, mate, this is what you're going to do. I'd just be bullshitting him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say for from a, a bloke who's 39, who's about to turn 40, whose biggest challenge and work in life is to forgive his old man and, and to build a relationship with his old man um get uncomfortable and just take it on because you're a long time bloody lamb's fried you know you're a long time brown bread you yeah you, you may as well jump in eat that frog and uh you know and just take it on 
And that's yeah. me talking now. Tomorrow morning, I might wake up and say to you, <laughs> "Shit, can we can, can we, we have a rum? Can we can, can we erase all?" <laughs> I that? didn't mean anything. <laughs> you know what? Um, uh, thank you for being so courageous to, to tell us your story, Tommy. Um, I'm not quite done with you yet, because um, no. it does does take courage for um, people to ask those questions, and as you say, to you know. To stand and listen and be willing to listen, because because when you're hearing your mate talk about some stuff and opening up and being courageous and taking that risk, you know the the, the not the threat, but I guess the anxiety for that person listening is potentially and probably it's exactly the same thing. But that person's got the courage to say it, and you're sitting mm. there listening and not. Hopefully, that's the that's the catalyst to go. You know what, mate? That's exactly how I feel too. You know? Yeah, I think a big one in that. Um, and I, 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 don't, I hope I took this from the question is, I mean, in this last amount of workshops that I did, the teacher was like, oh, I hope you don't mind, but I've just opened the doors to anyone who wants to come. And no, there weren't any, um, there was a few female teachers, but they were all boys and a few female teachers. I said, bully? I said, mate, if I didn't accept that, I wouldn't be doing the work because mm. it is uncomfortable for me. I've never done that. I've never just opened the doors, but mate. I'd be bullshitting to these young blokes if I was like, no, nah, we're not allowed to do that. There's a structure yeah. and we do it this way and that's it. You know, um, I've worked with organisations that said we only do two workshops a day. I was at a school in the Gold Coast last week. We did seven in one day. It was this brutal 14-hour marathon. It was amazing. I loved it by the end of it. <laughs> I was fried and I was just like, because I feed on the, yeah. on the honesty. I'd be, I'll be honest with you now in saying that when, we're not, when I'm not talking like this, I struggle on the outside. It's like, um, when I'm out there spraying my paddock with with all the, with the alcohol and the, and the valiums, that's when my land is hurting. But when I'm letting the 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 bad days come and the weeds roll in, mate, that's when I'm like, this is life. That's natural. Like this happens. But so in in just on that that question you were saying, um, I had f- six or seven young blokes who came four or five times that one week, and each time I could see that they were getting closer to getting up and sharing that story. And um, third time I had this one boy who got up and was like, he was all angry. And I said, mate, what's going on? He goes, I'm angry. I said, what are you angry about? He goes, you, you're a dickhead. I was like, why am I a dickhead? He goes, because. I said, why? And he goes, you make me angry. And I was like, I make you angry. He goes, no. I said, well, what's making you angry? He goes, I don't know. And he just went and sat down. And mm. I was like, that was weird. That was mm. good. Like, that was uncomfortable. Mm. Anyway, at the end of it, he came up to me and said, oh, mate, I'm sorry. But I just got angry. I said, mate, don't be sorry. Like, his Coke bottle was about to explode. Came back the next day, he saw a couple of blokes share and talk and engage. This kid's got a horrendous story. Um, he came back the day after that and he got up in front of the boys and he explained to the boys about everything that's going on in his life, the noises in his head, the voices he hears, all this sort of stuff. Um, it took him five workshops, though, to get mm-hmm. to that point where he shared. Um, and, and that can be it for, for our mates. We might have mates who need to do you know this is the other thing that we need to accept it we don't get up some days and just go you know what today i'm going to run 50k we start out by running five you know like i'm doing i'm up to now i can get 150 200 push-ups started out by doing sets of five i can do sets of 40 now i'm built like a brown snake but you know like this takes practice it takes Mm -hmm. time but that's what we need to accept as well and that's what we need to normalize but as blokes we've never done it you know we just don't talk, mate. Whereas we got to talk, and 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 something else that I'm getting in the habit of doing is hugging. Yeah, you know it's um, it's uh, it's something that, and I often reflect on this. I go, geez, at university, like you know, you shake your hand or you actually you punch someone, probably how you used to mm. do, it, you know, and you push them over, you trip them, and that was your that was you that you you being affectionate, you know. And then somewhere, and I don't even know where it was, you know, probably not that many years ago, to be honest. You know, there was a couple of mates that, you know, you, uh, you get to, you probably, yeah, you're on the grog and you, you have a cuddle and oh, I love you, mate. And, you know, and then that sort of starts seeping into your life when you're not on the grog, which is good, you know, with a couple of yeah, good mates. And and then, and I'm sort of using that as a tool, tool is probably the word, maybe it's the right word, you know, to sort of, you know, I'm hugging more farmers than I've ever hugged before. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I tell you what, there's not many that sort of, you know, push step, back. Yeah, and it's like, it feels, it feels normal. And it's like it breaks that ice. It's like you know, and and I'm one thing I love about being growing up on a farm on a farm in the country is that there's and that's in a, look it's probably no different in the city with people who grow up in the city, but 
you know, you can be away from from somewhere for for a long time, and you step back in there, and it's like you never left. And then hugging is that next is that next step, you know. Mm. And it's um, it's 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 you know, and in some it's some in some instances it's actually weird not to. It feels like oh, you know, this is like you know, I really want to, I want to, I want to, you know, we're gonna connect. You yeah, know? yeah. Because as you say, we you know we're dead a long time, and and. And there's lots of stuff that needs to be said, you know. It doesn't have to be said, but if it's said, it's sort of like it's out there. It's a purge, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that story. I always say to young fellas, I mean, there's, a, you know, you see a bloke walking around and go, "Geez, that bloke bloody weird, aren't you? Well, what's his story?" And we throw that line so easily. What's mm. his bloody story? Mm. That bloke. The minute he tells his story, we might discover why he's a weirdo. He might have grown up on his pat and he didn't have any family and he's battled and this, that and the rest. All of a sudden, he becomes the author. So I say to young blokes, I say, don't sit around and throw stones and go, what's that bloke's story? Because blokes are probably looking at you going, what's, what's his story? Instead of doing that, get up and go, all right, I'll become the author of my own story. And the minute you become the author of your own story, you're it. Like, you've published it, mate. It's mm-hmm. out there. And, and, and others now know all that stuff about you. Um, and there's no longer that judgment. There's no longer that guessing. Um, and standing with that, because we're all individual and we all have an individual story to tell and, and an existence that, you know, we've got to be proud of. You know, we don't yeah. need to, you know, sort of pump our own tyres with it. But just to say that is me, that's the way I think. You know, I'm, I can't be responsible for other people's emotions and the way they react to me. You know, this is just, you know, and I, I certainly and to some extent probably still are, but, you know, for many years I was always, you know, Worrying about what people were thinking, you know. Yep. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and outwardly, I think we've had a good convo about that sort of stuff. That yeah. judgment, yeah. Totally. Mate, I always say to young blokes um, and men that I'm working, I go, boys, like straight up. One of my icebreakers, boys, like if you look at life like a rugby league game, I love my, I love my league. It's been hard to follow it over the years with the, <laughs> the way the boys behave. But um, <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> um, is if I look at life like, um, you know, I'm a rugby league player, I'll struggle to play, and, and, and that's life, I'll struggle to play first grade because I'm not that good at life, right? Mm. Um, so on a, on a regular day, I'm probably third grade. Some days I'm coming off the bench for second grade and the reason I'm not playing first is because, yeah, I do have rats and mice in the head and I do have that judgment. I, I, I think, what are people thinking about me? I read into things. I can play the victim pretty easily. Um, you know, I can take the easy road sometimes pretty easily, which is, you know, no one knows and all that sort of stuff. And then there's days where I go, right, okay, I, I don't want to be playing third grade. I've got to start playing a bit more second or first. So I bring in, bring in a program, which is, all right, this morning, if I get up and run, swim, have that coffee, have a chat with a mate, some days I can be coming off the bench for first grade, you know. But then there's days when I'm playing fifth grade. You know, mm. some days there's days when I don't even, I get a phone call from the coach and say, mate, don't even bother bringing your boots today because you're going no good. But that's, that's what I've accepted, you mm. know, um, and, and that's almost I've set that expectation on myself. I haven't let that expectation slow me down. I want to get better. Like talking about my old man today, the way I have, um, is the first time that I've probably ever done it. With Scotty Gooding, when we did a, a podcast with him, I spoke about my old man in, in the easiest way possible, which was bagging the shit out of him. And I wrote him off and I blamed him for all of my stuff. And I got off it and I rang Scotty and I said, mate, hey, I, I, I got to own a bit there. Like my old man, I, I, I raged on him. Um, I've worked out after that that my biggest challenge and my biggest thing in life is to, is to find a relationship with him. Um, so, you know, that day, I was playing first grade the next day. I was almost half back captain coach because mm. I felt like, right, you were a man just then. Yeah, you called um, yourself out. Called myself out. So it's about giving blokes those analogies, I think, that they're able to go, right, okay, I can relate to that. I can connect to that. Yeah, there's days when I've got the pulley block out on the truck and I'm hurting. Um, but for the blokes as well that are always getting the pulley block out and the blokes who are then winching themselves out of trouble by going to the pub and drinking 10 or 12 schooners, that's when you've got to go, right, we've we got to do something about this because all I'm doing is pushing this away. Yeah, it's easy. Um, but step up and go right. There's got to be a way around this, and the way that around this for, that that worked for me, Tommy Herschel is, is just owning it and going. It's not working anymore. So I've got ju- to have a chat. Yeah. So just just about chats. I mean, for those who are seeing friends self destruct, 
you know, your mates here. Yeah. And, you know, they called you out. Like how, is there anything, you know, for those listening who might know someone that's like on that edge, you know, is there, is there, is there, is there a conversation? Is there a sentence? Is there a. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I remember that. <laughs> That there's those old school interventions, you know. Like I remember, I always lived in fear of coming home one day to 15 people in my lounge room, and my mum probably wanted that to happen for a hell of a long time. Um, but my my tip is, I guess, is to is to be like Bing, or I always say with Find Your Feet, be like Bass, which was just put your front foot forward and go, "Hey, mate, I got to mm. call you out on something here." Because mm. without without Bass saying anything, as a 15 and a half year old who was dying from cancer, he he called me out on the selfish bloke I was being by, you know, looking at me in the eye and the last time I saw him was shaking my hand and just saying, he, and he looked me in the eye and, and, I, and he looked at me and said, don't fuck this up. You can do mm. something with your life. I mm. can't. I'm dying. Um, so he held me then that day. He held me to something and I can't go back on that. Um, but for, for a mate, like i got a couple of mates who I know get on it way too much and they've said to me the next day, I've got to do something about my drinking. I've got to stop. It's in that moment where you've got a choice. You spoke about choice before. Mm. We can um, go, nah, mate, you're right, bloody. Come on. You know, you're good fun. I love going mm. down the pub with you. Or you can go, mate, I, I bloody, I really love you. You're one of my good mates. Mm. Um, and I'd be dogging you if mm. I didn't step up right now and tell you, yeah, I reckon you probably do need to do something about it. Mm. And the reason I'm saying that is because I love you and you're one of my mates. Mm. If I didn't say it to you, I'd be bullshitting you and I'd be dogging you and, you know, one day we could possibly lose you. You'll, you'll always hear when people are going through stuff or we lose stuff, people say, I never even knew. Or, um, you know, he said something I, I didn't know what to say. That's the outcome of this. We've got to get better at knowing what to say. So I say to young blokes, when someone gets up and tells that story, the young fellow says, oh, you know, I was playing footy and I did my ACL and I couldn't play for six months. Instead of saying, oh, who were you playing when you did your ACL? Ask them a question was, what was it like to do your ACL? Mm. Um, and like, how did it feel? It must have not played footy for six months. Oh, you know, footy was my, is my, is my love. It what gets me through. And so we start to get better at it. We practice it. So when that mate does come to you and says, hey, mate, I reckon I'm on the piss a bit too much. Mm. He's so used to everyone else saying, nah, come on, mate, you're sweet. Yeah. You'll be the first one to step up and go, I reckon you are, mate. You yeah, know? No. Like Bing called me out massively and the minute he did, I sobered up. Um, mate, we better wrap it up. This has been extraordinary. Um, one last sort of question, Tommy, yeah. is where can people find you? Well, you know, people hearing this and going, wow, you know, I'm a teacher at, um, at, a, at, a, at a public school, you know, yeah, or Aubrey or somewhere, you know, I'd love to, love to. Beautiful Aubrey, my Aubrey, old man yeah. at the pub in in um in Aubrey, one old Sodens, one old, yeah, oh really, yeah, he owns, yeah, he was a manager there at Sodens. Beautiful um, architecture there. Yeah, I don't mind Aubrey. Aubrey. Yeah, um, I think one of my sisters was born there, uh, mate. So they can get on, um, so geez, it's the old vanity dot com, Tommy Herschel dot com, my own, <laughs> my own website. Um, and mate, I always say to people, um, you know, I, I run workshops and I'm a school teacher. I'm not a marketing or design sort of person. So don't be too thrown out by the, by the website, but you can find me there. I mean, my phone number, I'll put it straight up you know, 0401159636. That's my honesty straight up there. Mm. Um, email me, you know, Tom at TommyHerschel.com. The, the beauty of our workshop, mate, is it's fully funded. Um, we do have this one policy, uh, one, sorry, um, way of being able to do that is called one for one so you know we've got a great school on the gold coast in tss we just funded a heap of workshops which um normally wouldn't cost them a thing and, and by doing that it's allowed me to approach a school in rural queensland for them to be able to have the same amount of workshops run at no cost but mate we're just about to become a not-for-profit in the next 36 hours um and we've got some amazing supporters you know mahindra has been amazing um, Chemist Warehouse gotten behind us, good mate of mine, Josh at Bombora Investment, all these people who are just getting in behind Find Your Feet and they're not sponsors, they're not any of that sort of stuff. They're just mates mm. of Find Your Feet who believe in this work, um, who, you know, power, I guess, this ability for me to go out and tell that story like I do and, and allow others to do it. Um, so, yeah, all, the, all they got to do is make contact, mate, and um, 
and I'll be there in the red truck with the red dog. <laughs> um, it's quite yeah. a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy, um, mate, thank you so much for your time. Um, I can't tell you how um, how honoured I am to to hear some of those stories again. It's a great reminder to hear some fresh stories that have um, have made up your your regenerative journey. And my God, you are um, certainly doing some amazing things to um, to be a, and a catalyst for the for, for other people's journeys. You know, as well, kids. You know, not just school kids, but adults. That you like, you know, it's never too late. Yeah. Mate, I think on just on that too, like it's amazing people say, oh, it's incredible this work you're going out and doing. And I say to the young boys, I go, boys, I didn't come in here and sprinkle any magic dust or give you all a, you know, something to take and we all started talking like this. You've got this in you. We're just the conduit, you know, and, and, and that's where Bastion still, like little Bass, he still runs this so strong because um, I tell his story and the minute that you tell his story or, and the minute I tell my story, they want to tell their story. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's the beauty of this work. And I, and I guess the, the final thing too is for, for men to realise that we can go to that Coke bottle and release the pressure. There's so many ways of doing it. Um, but just make sure you do it because there's, there's this, oh, mate, I, I mean, it's, 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 I'm a mad surfer. It's like getting spat out of a big wave. Um, it's like, you know, mustering 2,000 sheep on a, in one day on a, on a, I'm not much good on a horse, but on a four on a little four wheeler on a dusty lane, you know, like um, it's to share and to hear another bloke talk or to have a conversation like we've had. For me, I get that same that same um, emotion, that mm. same feel. I get it after a cold shower, like that tingling. Mm. You know, like oh, we're talking like this. I I I started out in Narromine, you know, these school workshops and. And I see, like, when I'm out there, I see my grandmother in, in all the places out there, you know, and, and my mate Jeremy Gill out there who, you know, is, he's a warrior in this sort of stuff as well, just being able to just have conversations um, and just release that, release that pressure. I don't even know where I'm going with all this. I, do, I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm just so grateful, mate, that I get to do it with you. Like, mm. um well, we're going to – we've been talking about it for some time and it's probably something I should have said at the beginning of the show. Yeah. The, 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 there's the work we did well, it's nearly oh, – Too long ago, yeah. Yeah, a year and a half or nearly two years ago. Or might be more, actually. Yeah. Lord, two and a half, probably three years in – The Lord. In, in November. Yeah, and yeah. Um, we went uh, – Tommy came down. Um, we we had uh, eight or ten um, fellas down there, you know, um, number of farmers. We had a fantastic – well, I'm saying it's fantastic. It was on our farm, so you know, I thought it was all right. Mm. You know, tour around Mate, the farm. It was unbelievable. Some good, you know, a couple of good feeds. We 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 camped in the shearing shed with the sheep that happened to be in the shed at the night. Oh, that was the best, <laughs> mate. On, I mean, on that and just to but, talk. But hang on, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, and and we and and there was this, you know, your you ran that. It was almost it was a program. It was a weekend, and it mm. wasn't just like oh, you know, eat some three days and and. Uh, around the back of the Land Cruiser, it was the, the intention there was to let's go deep, let's talk, mm. let's call each other out, let's talk about these things, and the fellas there just were embraced. It's just hundred percent, didn't they? It was, it yeah, was quite, it was it was mind blowing. And mate, that was one of the first like um, big. I mean, the three day workshop that I ran, and 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 the reason it happened was because you said, mate, let's do it. Mm. So you were prepared to jump out and 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 take a risk and be uncomfortable and. And I remember that first night we're up on that beautiful hill at the back of your property there and um and we were doing the joking around with the intros and, and it was that that blokey thing was going on and mm. and one bloke, like I won't mention his name, but he'll he'll listen to this for sure. You know, he lives around your area and, and he's one of my best friends now, just jumped in amongst all of the band when it came to his term turn and he said, Boys, I'm I'm here because I'm at a point in my life where I'm really struggling and I need I need some direction. I need some help. And he got emotional and, and that set off the weekend. And that's mm. every workshop. It's mm. the bloke in Young who, who got up and spoke about his health thing. You know, mm. it opened up the room for everyone else. So for three days, mate, I mean, it, I, I remember we, at the end of it, we had the wives and the, you know, writing letters, letters and yeah. you blokes had no idea and, and men who had never heard their wives speak to them in that way. Um, I mean, Bing came back to the, back to the circle just in tears and saying I've never heard, I've never had my wife stand up to me like that and talk to me like that. I've gained so much more respect for her and as mm. a friend and 
And, you know, Benny Murph, my mate, he's still got the letter, you know, that his wife wrote him. And, yeah, it was, that was, um, that was uh, a magical, I'm still best mate with a lot of those blokes. Mm. Timmy Wood, mm. they're great. Timmy. I was talking to him today. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised just... you're not still talking to him. Timmy. <laughs> Timmy Wood. Very good looking rooster, Timmy. He's, good looking he gets man. Younger. He's like, um, oh. what's that, what was that movie they go, the, the fellow, <laughs> he gets younger? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I know the one. Brad Pitt played. Yeah, him, that's mate. it. And he's um Timmy Button. Younger. Button, Button Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button. Um and so we've been talking, um, you and I, um, for a little while now, and also um I've been talking, you know, to to um some chefs about doing a similar thing at Hanamino for for them, uh similar sort of style, similar format, because they're going through well, especially now with the COVID thing, it's just like I mean, it was it was it was a tough gig before that you know in terms of you know, hospitality and the and the sort of the nature of that in of the industry you know it's a wonderful industry but it's tough it's a tough game and, and then covid came along and then you know there's no time like the very soon the very um uh, the future for i reckon for us we're going to stop talking about it mate gonna do yeah it. yeah i've got well, a few chefs lined up so so it's basically um for those chefs out there listening or people in that sort of hospital world is getting you guys to the farm and you know and, and having a having a, a retreat and we're, we're mm. gonna you know we'll do a farm tour eat some good tucker homegrown and we're going to talk about what we need to talk about yeah huh? yeah i think with the farmers one we did mate was it was uh, there was people in there who weren't even farmers That's it was right. about but but they were they were lovers of the land mm. you know and mm. and so that the core for that first one was was what what is it that you love about being a farmer? Yeah. Or what is it you love about being connected to the land? And um, you know, that first night I played some pretty awful short films, but it, it created it created that honest conversation. Right. You know, we didn't we didn't bullshit each other or shortchange anything. Um, yeah, everyone was just spoke. You know, mm. um, from the heart of what they felt, and um, yeah, the weekend went from there, mate. So now I'm looking forward to it. Lock me in. Well, mate, We're going you're, now. You're, Let's go now. <laughs> Let's go and round up a few chefs. Mate, you've spoken from the heart um, for the last while, and Tommy, I really appreciate that, mate. We better wrap it up, and um, I'm really looking forward to working with you in the future, and let's, um, let's do this, you know. Mate, love you dearly, and I'm, I'm calling green boots. For all, all involved. For all participants, I better get myself. I can put a bit of red, uh, a bit, a bit of green dubbing on these puppies. Yeah, yeah. On the blundies, you'll be but, sweet. Um, no, I better track them down, mate. Go for do it. Do I need a Do I need a license to wear them, mate? <laughs> mate, you do. You just got to be from Chugan, and you you had to have been the ball boy when we won the comp in '87. I can. You can adopt me. <laughs> Thanks, mate. That's it for Tommy Herschel. Uh, well, not so for some. Not so much for Tommy Herschel. He's got a big future in front of him. That's the end of his interview with me. At least this this one anyway. Um, I dare say I'll be catching up with Tommy again for another um, yarn. Um, hopefully uh, at Pitwater there, a lovely, lovely spot. Um, and that really wraps it up for the season too. This is the last episode. Um, I can't tell you what an amazing journey we've been on, the team here at uh, The Regenerative Journey. Um, we've had an amazing year. This is where we looked. You know, 2020 was the year of all sorts of stuff going down and up and sideways. Um, we and a, and a dog barking. Um, unless my son Lordy's got a raspy, I'm sure it's a dog. Uh, a crazy year and one where no one could really do too much planning and couldn't have predicted what happened. Um, however, you know, so thrilled that Lancashire Australia was able to. Um, help us launch Series 1. We kicked, we kept on going with Series 2 later in the year, um, had a wonderful, wonderful um, Series 2, uh, picked up a nomination in the Australian Podcast Awards for Best Interview. That totally blew us away, and I just have to use this opportunity to thank so very much um, Brees and Liv at Yoga Media who helped put together our every episode. They string and they, they actually don't do too much editing. Um, not because Reese can't. You can edit like no man. However, we choose to just let it run. Um, <laughs> but he does. He's so very patient with me. Thank you, Reese. Um, with my last minute changes and my just general all over the placeness sometimes. He's very patient and he always pulls through. Um, 
And he's so reliable. Uh, talking about reliable, Fiona Turney, who is our um, uh, faithful and wonderful person, brand manager and, devel- and development manager, um, who has uh, who's done a wonderful um, uh, work and job and, 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 and such a valuable team member and has been with us for, oh, she is now, I'm trying to think, a year? Is it a year? No, it's over. Where are we? It's a year. Um, time goes, doesn't it? Um, and doing a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, my wife, Angelica, what a star, what a trooper. Um, haven't interviewed her yet. We have been talking about it. And I'm wondering whether we might just throw a wild one in uh, in January. We are taking January off um, to regroup for Series 3 and just see where we, that's going to take us um, and how we sort of put together and where we go with Series 3. But maybe as a bit of a... Bit of a uh, uh, interim measure. We might just throw a few other, other interviews in there. One may well be with Angelica. Um, thought we also would throw in a maybe a best of series two as well. Just think about that. If you like the idea of that, let us know whether it's on the on the on the um, uh, website or whether it's um, any 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 way you want. If you like to hear a best of, we can probably pull that together too. Given the amazing work that Reese has done. Um, who else there? Uh, our listeners, and, and last but not least, um, the wonderful listeners, you guys and girls who from you know around the world, and that blows away just that fact. Um, we get little maps on our lips in thing where we can where we uh where we launch and post um where we host is hosting the interview the interviews and the, and the podcast. We can see where you all are on the little map, it's fantastic, and you're all over the world. So, just a big thank you, a big Hug of appreciation for all of you. Um, I can't tell you how um, how humbling it is to get your wonderful um, notes and messages and and texts and and so on of what you're getting out of it. And that's really what's important to me is that it's not just a way to spend some time when you're walking down the doing your morning walk or walking the dog or on the way to work in the car or on the tractor. It's it's you know you your time is valuable. And I really appreciate that you could be doing so many other things with your time and the fact that you, you know, you, you log in to and jump on, put your cans on and listen to the regenerative journey every week and we and, and our numbers every week are building and that in itself is amazing that um, the news is spreading, you know, and it's not just the fact that it's this podcast and it's these interviewees, it's the it's the whole, I guess, attraction. To, to, to not just regenerative agriculture and regenerative farming. I mean, what this podcast is about is is telling the stories of regenerative living, of regenerative you know, mindfulness, wellness, um, food production, landscape management, everything, you know, dental hygiene. We did it all this season, season two. Um, and the fact you log in, you listen, and you want to know more, and you're suggesting who else. Um, it, it, again, it's just mind blowing. I just can't tell you how much I appreciate the feedback, and it seems and it feels good. You know, it seems to be resonating with people, and we're gonna we want to we, we want to continue. You know, so um, talking about continuing, just one last plug for um, the Patreon platform we set we we have set up um, that you can subscribe to as a member, um, and f- again for the for the price of a couple of coffees, and that's all it is a month. Um, you can help roll out Series 3, maintain the series, um, and then for that um, you um, member benefits such as a monthly webinar with some of our interviewees. We're working on what other additional benefits there might be, whether we have another subscription level or we just throw some more freebies in there um, remains to be seen. Um, we want to make sure you're feeling like you're getting value. Um, we trust you're getting value at the moment because the podcast is obviously free and that's a wonderful thing because we don't want any hurdles to people being uh, being able to access um, access um, this information, these interviewees, these wonderful stories of regenerative living. Um, I think that's about it. Excuse me. Twenty twenty one is going to be exciting. Um, lots planned. Some online course activity. Some publications. Um, some web series. Uh, and general good stuff, I think. Um, a few conferences, a few, 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 many workshops actually. Biodynamic workshops are going off at the moment. I can't tell you um, when we do launch them next year. When we um, confirm dates, please, if you want to join us, jump on early because um, the last couple sold out. And um, our natural sequence farming workshop. Um, by the time you actually hear this, which is a might be a 
your Christmas time, uh, I dare say we would have sold out. But check it out anyway. If there's enough demand, we might even do it again later in um, in spring in 2021. I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and uh, festive season, a restive festive season. Um, really excited about 2021. I hope you are too. A whole new chapter of our lives will unfold, hopefully a little little more progressive and, and positive than the last 12 months. Having said that, though, we've all learned some valuable lessons. I certainly have, and I'm going to make sure that I leverage those lessons um, and share them with as many people as I can. And that's probably it. It's sad that season two is over. I'm sure we've got season two or series two. I kind of like season. I like the word season. I could change that, Reese. So that's that's really that's a wrap. I hope I haven't forgotten anyone. Um, I trust I haven't. Uh, and you just have a freaking fabulous break in January. Spread the news, subscribe, share, review, rate this wonderful podcast. Not wonderful because, you know, I'm involved. It's wonderful because of the people who share and are courageous enough to tell their regenerative journeys. And I look forward to telling more next year. This episode is brought to you by 2020. We climbed a mountain of uncertainty and scaled it with wings. While flying, we set our intention for much better things. We searched for meaning through fires, floods and plague. We looked to each other so hope would not fade. We rose above dictatorship and menacing behaviour, understanding fortitude and resilience would be our only saviour. Our sovereign spirit did rise above it all, and through calamity and disaster we heard our highest call. To stand united through thick or thin, it's the Aussie way for a new world order to begin. Respectful and loving to treat each other in kind, to enable our planet and all humanity to once again shine. This podcast is produced by Rhys Jones at Jaeger Media. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe, share, rate and review. For more episode information, please head over to www.charliearnett.com.au.